In this episode, we're talking to Tanya Vasello. Tanya is the host of the Courage to Be podcast, one of the top 2.5% ranking podcasts in the world. She's also the founder of the Courage to Be, a global community of high achieving women entrepreneurs working to become financially empowered and independent. She's also the host, um, Increase Your Income and Impact, her signature live event to help women expand their business and mindset. Let's find out how Tanya went out from a burnt out corporate employee to a seven-figure business and mindset coach. Let's find out. And if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have Tanya Vasayo. Welcome, Tanya. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a guest today, Tanya. Tanya, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I'm considered a business strategist with an emphasis on money mindset. And I've been doing this for many years now. And yeah, that's that's the title of if you want to give me a title. So Tanya, tell us, I'm, I'm intrigued with your story. You, when we were speaking off camera, you told me you're originally from Spain, but now you're living uh, you know, in the States. Tell me, talk me through, how did you end up being, working as a, as a business coach with emphasis on money mindset? Because this is a relatively new concept, you know, mm-hmm. the last five to 10 years. So walk me through, how did you go from living from Spain to States and, you know, actually focusing as a coach, as a business coach? Yes, that is so, it's such an important question. I think for many people that work in this arena, because I did not start there at all. Uh, born and raised in Spain, I came to the U.S., when I was in my 20s for college, my dad, I'll have to preface, my dad's Spanish, my mom's American, so I'm mixed. And so I had the opportunity to come to the US and uh, study here. I knew I didn't want to live in the US. I was like, that's not my place. I'm, you know, Spanish at the core. Uh, But of course, the universe, God had other plans because I met my husband who's American and I ended up doing the reverse that my mom did. I stayed in the States and I focused the beginning of my career started in advertising. I was an art director in advertising in New York City and working for multimillion dollar accounts like Starbucks, AT&T, Samsung, Nabisco, you know, like these just huge corporations doing problem solving and and doing ads for them. And even though it was a glamorous world and from the outside in, it looked fabulous. 
And it gave me a lot of things. It just didn't feel aligned with my, with my spirit, with my soul. Mm-hmm. I deep down, I'm a freedom seeker and I just, I needed freedom. I didn't want to be in the corporate world. I'm also multi-passionate. So simultaneously at that time, I was getting my life coaching certification and I've done every degree certification on the planet you can imagine regarding self-development. You know, it's like Louise, Hey, Jack Canfield, success principles, landmark education. I mean, you fill in the blank and most likely I've done it. I've been certified with them. And I I consider myself multi-passionate. I have to be working on several things. I've also worked as a photographer. So when I finished corporate, I knew I wanted to quit my job and just have that freedom, you know, of like, I'll do a little bit of freelancing here of uh, art direction, maybe photography, maybe some coaching. And again, the universe has different plans. And my husband was also an art director and we ended up moving back to Spain, opened up our own studio and advertising. We, we offer all kinds of creative services from branding, marketing, uh, we worked in the in the film industry for a while, and it came to a point where we were finishing up a photo book commission that we had in Spain. We knew we wanted to come back to the States, and we did that. We moved back to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is where I reside right now. We knew it was better for the relationship. It was better for the business. We ran the business for a little bit here. But here's the problem. When you have two creatives trying to run a business, and on top of that, you're married, um, there was a lot of the feast and famine. Let's put it that way. You know, there was yeah. a lot of the ups and downs. It wasn't until my husband decided, he's like, you know what? I don't think I want to run the studio anymore. And in a way I was kind of happy. I was like, okay, great. Because that kind of lets me do my own thing. Cause we'd clash heads, you know, bump heads a lot. And I felt like I had a bigger calling, a bigger purpose. I just didn't know exactly what it was. I was like, do I go back to life coaching? Do I do art direction? Do I go back to photography? Like, what what is it that I want to do? At that point, I had just become a new mom. Hmm. And my sister invited me to a three-day sales event in San Diego. It sounded like the most boring thing in my life. I'm a creative and I almost felt offended. I'm like a sales event. Like who wants to go to that? Like I was picturing in my head, people in suits and ties, super serious, you know, like my, my background is creativity, you know, not sales, you know, but she kept on insisting. She's like, look, it's in San Diego. I already got a ticket. You have the hotel room paid for just come, you know, just get yourself a plane mm-hmm. ticket. And I'm like, you know what? The best thing I can do, it, the, the worst that can happen is that I hate it. And I get to hang out at the pool yeah. for three days and not be a mom for three days. And I went and to my surprise, it was quite the opposite. I met amazing people. People weren't all dressed in suit and ties. They were nicely dressed, but not in suit and ties. Uh, a lot of creatives, and it's what it did. It just, it, it opened, it just took off this veil from me of like what entrepreneurship really was. I mm. never really considered myself even an entrepreneur up to then. And at the end of this event, the facilitator made an offer to join her year long mastermind, which was a very expensive mastermind. My mm. jaw dropped when she said the price, but you know, that saying when the student is ready, the teacher, the teacher will appear. pays. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. I I put down the deposit because I could put that down. I was like a thousand dollars deposit, but I was like, we're 
am I going to come up with the money for this? You know, it's like, I'll figure it out. You know, like just, just put the deposit, the calling's there. And so I signed, that was the beginning of my journey on entrepreneurship. I signed up for this $20,000 mastermind. So I signed up for this mastermind and I launched my business at this point throughout it. There was a lot of soul searching and but applying all the systems and everything that I was learning through this mastermind. Cause you do need teachers. You knew that's the reason why our previous business did not work out. You know, there was a lot of the feast and famine because we did not understand. We were very good at our craft, but we never learned or never got trained as business, you know, in business or in sales. And so, or marketing even, you know, like anyway, I, I jumped into this and I launched the courage to be happy. It's now transitioned into the courage to be. So my the business is now called the courage to be, but you can find that under the courage to be happy as we're transitioning. And what happened was because my when I launched that business and I was doing the mastermind and attending all the classes, I only had a certain amount of time mm. per week. I only had 20 hours per week. And so I had to become really good you you know go you know as as a, as a mom you have to figure out you know work prioritize your time yeah so of those 20 hours you have to become brave and and making sales offers that maybe before would have been very scary and daunting and i started having five figure months and then by the fourth fourth year only working 20 hours a week and with no social media actually because for two, for four years I've been off I had been off of social media so only working 20 hours a week I finally hit that milestone of the six figure revenue I was like yes I did it I cracked the code you know you can do this and that was a huge accomplishment for me of just realizing that what happened in the interim, I started teaching women about branding because that's what I knew. I'd infuse it with coaching and other things, but because I'd been succeeding and my business was doubling and, and people were seeing the results, these other women were asking me, how are you doing it? What are you doing? And that's how I started teaching about business strategy. Okay. So if you would have told me like 10 years ago, you're going to be teaching about business and money. I'd be, I'd laugh at you. Money was such a taboo <laughs> subject in my country. You know, like I was, I considered myself a creative. I love going out, photographing, you know, and the money mindset aspect of it showed up a little bit later as I was teaching business strategy. I, and, and also being in other masterminds and with other colleagues of high caliber, I see that no matter how much strategy you put in place and you're in the doing, 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 don't get me wrong. You still have to do. This is not to give you permission to not do things, you know, because we do have to do things with our business. But I saw that a lot of them were still getting tripped up, you know, with like their beliefs about money or their yeah. relationship about money, yeah. even for myself. So I had to get curious with that and start detangling and understanding my own journey with money, my own mm -hmm. relationship with money and what I needed to heal. Because growing up in a Spanish country at the end of a dictatorship in a transition, you know, because from Franco's death until the eighties, when we transition into a social uh, uh, country, there was a lot of patriarchy and to top it off, my dad has seven brothers and one sister and she's the oh, youngest. Wow. So I've been very surrounded by male energy, male rules. And I really had to dig deep and understand 
because there was an invisible unspoken language Mm. or this is the message that I was given growing up first that boys had it easier. Yeah. And second, that you don't have to worry about money. You just worry about finding the right man kind of saying a man is a financial plan for you. Hmm. And so you find, you find the man, you marry the man. If you can't get married, then don't worry. Your brother will take care of you or your father or your uncle. And my uncles, I have several uncles that are very successful. My dad's been very successful in his career, but it's almost like this sense of arrogance of we're the only ones that can do that. You Mm -hmm. know, like the men and the family, because we support the women and everyone has their role. It's underlying, it's a, it's a, it's a very common underlying belief that is instilled in a lot of cultures. I think in South Asian cultures, it's very, very prominent there, but it was in Europe as well. I think it's less now. And I think we've gone to another extreme the other way. And I don't agree with that either. The work culture and the extreme feminist culture, I am completely abhorrent with that. But the idea that you cannot handle money or deal with money or manage money, that's a, that's a male responsibility. It's, those are literally the subliminal programming that we've given. And this is what we have to identify and remove before we can be, become successful in business. Because you can be the most talented and amazing person in the world, but if you're not willing to accept the responsibility of money and managing money, you will never have it. And this seems to be the case with you. And that was exactly what happened. I started untangling it. And then I started surrounding myself again with teachers, coaches, mentors in the financial world. And there was a big wake up call for me from the financial perspective of what wanted impulsed me, you know, like just pushed me towards wanting to learn more about money, which was when we moved to Spain or when I left corporate, I had a rollover here in the US. It's a 401k, which is your retirement plan. You have to put it into an IRA if you're not working for a corporate job. So I didn't understand any anything of this. I All I knew was that I had to do it legally. So I walked into a Citibank bank. They appointed me a representative. And he just asked me a couple questions like, how risk avert are you? What's your risk tolerance? This and that. We're putting your money here. And I said, sure, because I didn't understand anything more. You, you abdicate your power. Well, what, what happened and the lesson that I learned as I left to go to live in Spain for four years, when I came back, I lost a lot of money Hmm. in the stock market because of the investments he did. And because I didn't ask questions because I didn't feel brave enough because I felt dumb because I felt ignorant. So when I came back, I was so upset and I was putting the blame on him, but obviously the blame was to be put on me for not taking the responsibility. You know, you can only see things when you evolve, not at the moment. And my husband looked at me, he'd invest, he'd been investing in the stock market for a while. And I'm so thankful for men like my husband that want to encourage women to learn more about finances, you know, because I wish my dad would have set me up that way, you know, of, of instead of the message of don't worry, the men in your life will take care of you. Like, no, come and learn about the stock market. But anyway, my husband's the one that suggested, he's like, why don't you, why don't you call why don't you call our family, his family's financial advisor, and we can, um, you'll be able to learn 
about what stocks to invest in. Ask him for stocks with dividends. This is how ignorant I was. I was like, what's a dividend? You know, like, obviously I didn't want to ask this to a financial advisor. I didn't know if it was a second language thing, if it was a financial ignorance, a mix of both. And so my husband explained to me, you know, that they'll, you get the money and you can reinvest it again, you know, or pull it out. So anyway, he, he gave me a list and this is important to the story. He gave me a list of maybe 20 companies that I could roll over my money into because I'd worked in the advertising world and I'd worked for some of these companies. Some of these companies I didn't believe in. I don't care if they gave dividends. Like they just didn't align with my values. I'm like, why should I invest in these companies? So I was like, no, no, no. Oh, this one might be a good company. So I picked five and I put my money in it and a year into it, the money's growing. I'm not really looking, you know, like, and so I feel a little bit more empowered. Like I made a good choice. Two years into it, the money's growing even more. They say it takes an average of seven years to double your money. Mm-hmm. By the 10th year, I had 10x my money that I had invested. Oh, wow. Along- I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So yeah, they say that it takes approximately uh, seven years to double your money. I 10x'd it. But I was learning along the way too. I started signing up to subscription, you know, like investment reports, learning because those people are doing the research for you. Then I wanted to get into crypto. So I learned all about crypto in 2017. And even though a lot of things went over my head, I was the one pursuing the education. So now I'm in a place of empowerment and understanding how to invest, how to wanting to learn more about it. Because here's the thing, money touches everything. What I Mm -hmm. learned along that journey is that we can't, and especially as women, because that's my main focus is with women. My big mission is with women because when women become financially empowered, we give back more. Like there's a there's a, a, a stat from the United Nations that says that 95% of women's uh, earn money. They'll reinvest it back into their kids and to the community versus only 35% of men. Mm. Men won't do that as much. And women are bigger philanthropists than men. Uh, so to me, it's a, a huge mission for women to start feeling comfortable with the money conversation. Mm. That's why I love coming on podcasts like yours and having these conversations openly, because when I grew up, money was a taboo subject. You don't talk about it. You don't ask people how much they earn. You don't ask them what they're investing in. Like that's just not a conversation to be had. Mm. But if we can create these communities, like what you have going on goal, and we can share about you know, like what were your mistakes so that I don't do the same mistakes. Mm. I can assess who was your financial advisor. What were, what are you investing in? Are you investing in stocks? Are you investing in real estate? Like, how are you growing your money? Let's talk business. Let's talk, Mm -hmm. you know, like to me, that becomes fascinating. And so as I was teaching business strategy, but like you were saying, I was seeing high earners, you know, colleagues making a lot of money, but there were still blocks there. There Mm -hmm. were blocks that they had, like I had growing up different ones. Like one of mine was you have to work hard for money. That's a very common, that's a very, very common one. And so you have to work hard for money. Another one that 
high earners, whether it's professionally, you know, like they're at a job and they're making a six figure or their business is six figures, multiple seven figures, whatever the number is, suddenly their expenses start going up at the same level. So they can't keep the money. Basically they're making money. They might've gotten a bonus. They've gotten a raise, but their expenses have raised, or maybe they got unexpected bills. And so that block, what I started observing comes from the belief of people with money are bad or money is a root of all evil or some version of people with money are bad. Some version of that. You get rid of the money. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. You self-sabotage. You're like, oh my God, I just inherited a million dollars. What am I going to do with this? Like, let me just give some away. I'll pay for this other thing. Or your subconsciously will bring on things to have to spend the money on. Mm -hmm. So to me, this became fascinating. And I started teaching with the business strategy. We do once a month, uh, money mindset, you know, I'm like, we have to tackle this. It doesn't matter how many, how much strategy you put in place and you do, if you have not dealt with what's going on in your head, you are going to still be stuck. So that, I know that was a long story, but I I felt like it was important to talk about the different points of how I went from creative to business strategy, to loving this whole conversation about money mindset, you know? I mean, I think that that highlighted very clearly to people, the importance of money mindset, because I say mindset's 80%, strategy is 20%. So you can make money from I mean, there's so many different ways to make money now from e-commerce to, uh, you know, small businesses to large businesses to M&As to, you know, uh, you can you don't have to make a business. You can actually buy businesses as well and a property. There's so many different ways. The, the opportunities, we live in a, in a golden era where opportunities are galore. There's so many opportunities. There's actually more, you have to yes. say no to more. But you have to have the right mindset. And there's there's a different way to, there's different mindset that goes into creating money. And I find a lot of people tend to get that a lot quickly. So being able to create money is because the drive is there. They, they, they overcome those limiting beliefs a lot quicker. It's their ability to keep money, which is a lot harder. And that, unless you keep money, you can never be wealthy. So that is more important. And I remember playing, and um, I haven't played recently, but you know, we've got this game, the the cash flow quadrant game from Cash Flow, yes, from, uh, from Robert Kiyosaki. And you know, in there, you can be a nurse or something small, as long as you understand the concept of keeping your your income more than your expenditure, and saving up into buying assets and then getting assets to replace your income. It's that ideology that we we lack completely. And if we don't have that, even if you have a successful idea and a successful business, you cannot grow that business or see the financial success with it because you'll be too busy spending the money. And this, yeah. so the how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you do that, if you do that in your personal life, you'll be doing that in your business as well. No. Yeah, and and to add to that too, it's knowing how to make the money, how to keep the money, and how to grow your money. Yes. Because part of the cash flow, like you're saying, you know, you could be a nurse or the janitor, like if you get, you know, the janitor card, yeah. uh, and you're like, oh, some people are like, oh, I don't want to be the janitor. They'd rather be the doctor or the lawyer because they think that the doctor or the lawyer is going to be making more money. But it really is on how are you investing that money? How are you make? How are you multiplying that money? And that's what you want to learn too. You know, it's not just how do I make it because then that would fall in alignment too with 
I have to work hard for money. You know, the, the harder I work and the more I do, then I can generate the money. But if it's going right out the door, what's the purpose of it? You're just going to work yourself to the bone. Yeah. So yes, I love this conversation. It's so important to pay attention to all these different uh, sections uh, per se, as you're making, keeping and growing your money. 100%. And I think anybody who's running a business as important as marketing and sales uh, techniques are, and those books are so important, unless they understand their mindset, unless they work on their money mindset, they I don't see people growing. I, I, people get stuck, people self-sabotage, people just get in a rut, and people go topsy-turvy, and they don't understand. They, they're spinning the wheels all the time. So, I mean, I've started working with uh, people who are now work, who want to go on to the eight, ninth, and ten figures, and I see that the same principles apply to people who are making six figures or seven figures uh, to the ones who are eight and nine figures because people, you know, once if they haven't worked on the money mindset. They could be, they could have an eight-figure business and still spin the wheels and end up going bankrupt, or nine figures and still end up, you know, spinning the wheels and going bankrupt. It happens across the board because you allow yourself a little bit of success. Anything that's um, that's you know that's that's beyond your capacity to believe for yourself can last long long term. You will self sabotage to come out of it, and this is why money mindset and your ability to work on your limiting beliefs and what's possible for you is a prerequisite for you to become successful. No? Absolutely. Uh, amen. Yeah, that's like just so, so perfectly said. It's. I feel like it's the precursor to anyone starting a business. It's like yeah. work on your money mindset first before you're even going to get into business or wanting to take the business to another level. Maybe you're already in business, yeah. but you're like, oh, I want to reach this next level because even though it might not even be physically like the eight figures, the nine figures, like you're saying that they, they physically go bankrupt, but it might be something else that they're oh, oh, in yeah, constant yeah. fear and anxiety, yeah. you know, because <laughs> they're like, I can't lose it all, you know, because they yeah. ha still haven't worked on their money mindset. Like you, it, it is such an important topic. It, it can even be worse than that. So it, it may not, maybe that the fact they don't actually lose the, the money per se, but they lose everything else and they end up losing personal relationships, friendships, uh, health even. And so they have so burnouts and other things and loads of things because they have to compensate because of the idea, I can't have my cake and eat it. So I can't possibly have the money and be healthy and have healthy relationships. In order for you to have abundance in your relationships, in your health and in your, in your, in your finances, you have to do work on yourself. If you haven't, and you you know you become successful in in your in finances, you will for hundred percent sure. From yes. working with over you know thousands and thousands of people now, for sure you will sabotage some area of your life, be it personal life, be it your relationships, be it maybe your spouse, or even your health long term. Uh, and this this has been I've seen it time and time again when people say, "Oh, this money mindset is rubbish. You don't need to work on it." And when you look give a closer look at their life, they are miserable because they haven't understood the idea of, of gratitude and being grateful, being content, in connection with the divine source energy and all of that stuff. And they, because somehow the the, you know, the old idea, if you have money, you know, there is always something missing in someone's life. So if you have money, then you, you're you're lacking in happiness. And for some reason, I, I don't know if you come across this, the concept of being happy and having money have become mutually exclusive. Like, I don't want money. I just want to be happy. I'm like, why can't you be happy and have money? Like, yes, 
They're not mutually exclusive. No. I love it. I have an analogy for that goal. That is so great that you brought that up because yes, I've encountered a lot of people with that. And that's another big block that people have. It's whether like, oh, I don't want to focus on money. I'm too spiritual. Yeah. Or, I don't want to focus on money because happiness is more important. Or I don't want to focus on money, fill in the blank. It can be yeah. spirituality, happiness, whatever. The analogy is like saying, do you need your hand, your your hand or your foot? What do you want to go? Well, yeah. I don't want either one to go because yeah. I need both of them. You know, it's like your hand is money and your foot is happiness. Well, can I still have both? Can I just have happiness and have uh, money? So let's keep both of them. And they are not mutually exclusive. I agree with you. It's It, it drives me nuts when when people make that reference. And to me, it's just a clear observation that they are blocked and that they, one of the beliefs that they've grown up with is that spirituality and money can't go together. Well, here's uh, news for everyone. Mother Teresa was one of the biggest money manifestors. Like yes, she, she knew how to manifest money like this so that it could support she could walk in, she could walk into the ceo of any any top um a company the ceo office not just the executive ceo's office of any top executive you know top company and ask for whatever money she wanted she had you know people's private jets at the back and call she she had all the money she could ever need yeah. she didn't have it physically in her bank account but she didn't need it all the money she ever wanted was there fully present to her it was for her cause. And the other thing too, for people that, you know, are kind of debating, like if you're listening to this and you're like, no, you know, you need happiness. Happiness is more important. You know, if you're, if you're going down that path, here's an invitation, you know, money is kind of like water. Like when you're watering plants, you know, it's like, you can either water the beautiful roses in your garden, which is the happiness or you can water the weeds, you know, which are the bad thoughts or other things. Money is just an amplifier of who you are, you know, of your character. So 100%. you can be really happy and be poor, or you can be happy and, and be with rich. money, you become even happier because it's yeah. just amplifying part of your character, you know. So there's always going to be poor, corrupt people. There's always going to be rich, corrupt people, but there's always going to be poor, happy people as well as uh, healthy, wealthy, happy people. It goes both ways. It's just money will just amplify your character, you know, so don't make it exclusive that I have to choose between happiness, happiness or money. I think the bigger question to ask yourself is, why am I having that issue? Why do I, where did that belief come from? You know, was that my mom? Was that my dad that I grew up in a country that wasn't, you know, as wealthy, but we're very happy culture. Like I find the Dominicans, I have one of my best friends, the Dominican, and she's, it's such a happy culture. They're always joking. They're always laughing and they're very poor too. So that has to have an effect on your personality and on your beliefs as you're growing up that you could be like, oh no, I'd rather still be a happy, uh, you know, person and part of my culture. That's what it is. And, and if I let go of that happiness and start going for the money, then maybe I'll never be happy again. So yep. the, the bigger question is where did that belief come from? And can you challenge it and look for evidence of the opposite of it? Perfect. On that note, we're going to wrap up this episode. So tell us, Tanya, um, do you have any parting comments for us? 
Oh, yes. Just, I love this conversation. If you're listening, it just shows me that you're interested in this type of conversation too, and the money mindset and just keep on surrounding yourself. Uh, you know, keep on listening to goals, podcasts, go into other communities that, that it feels safe to talk about money, find other mentors and teachers, you know, just find communities, teachers, mentors, coaches, that you can start having this conversation. Cause like I said, at the beginning, money touches everything. So it's whether the choice is up to you, do you want to have a good relationship with money or do you want to continue being where you've been up to now? Fantastic. So Tanya, tell us where can we find you? Where can, how can we connect with you on the internet? Well, thank you. Thanks so much for bringing that up. The first place people can find me at is listening to my podcast that just launched this year. It's called The Courage to Be. And I also want to give your listeners a free gift that I have. It's a a resource. It's a a guide called Amplify Our Abundance. So if you want to access to resources and practices on how to help you manifest your dreams, your desires, it's amplifyourabundance.com. And we can put it in the show notes. And it's the perfect place to get started on shifting that mindset of there's never enough to start seeing the ample abundance that we have in the universe. There's a ton of practices and uh, rituals and ideas in that guide that help one of my first cohorts of Money Magic Miracles manifest over $1.2 million in 60 days. So I really highly suggest that if you want to start challenging, if you want to get curious, just download the guide. You'll get some of those resources and the practices uh, at amplifyourabundance.com. Fantastic. So if you are listening to any of our podcast platforms, then the links that Tanya has just mentioned would be in the show notes. And if you're watching it on YouTube, then below in the description section, we'll have the links for, ta- for Tanya's as well. Do check her out and see if she can help you. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been a wonderful conversation. We have to have you back on Money Talkies, but thank you so much for being an amazing guest today. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Tanya today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.